Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face-to-face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. I'm Jason McKnight. This is Ben Hendricks, and we're glad you've joined us. Ben, I'm glad you've joined us. Always a pleasure. It's so good to have you. Listen, from time to time on Encounter Grace, we're going to explore books that have helped us as leaders and as followers of Jesus, and we're going to give some insights to folks listening and to you on this subject. So here's what's going to be fun. If you like what you hear, you order the book and you read it and you go a little deeper. But no matter what, you can learn a little bit along the way. So I'm going to put Ben in the hot seat today because what we didn't know when we hired you is how much of a great reader you are. You love to read and you're doing it all the time. He, I have to keep up. It's terrible. I have to outsource my knowledge, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, last year, and you told me about this several months ago, last year you read a book uh, by Gene Twenge named iGen. And so what I'd like to do, Ben, is talk about this book iGen uh, with you today. And actually... Here's the subtitle. <laughs> you remember this? Why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood. And then there's an asterisk in the subtitle and what that means for the rest of us. Maybe. So I, I'm supposing I'm the rest of us. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to learn what that needs. In fact, it was such a good book. You you really, as a youth pastor, found it helpful. Yeah, I, I definitely think it was one of the more helpful ones that I've read. Uh, and I remember reading it and going, man, I, I just wish every parent could read this, or maybe even an yeah. employer, yeah. or just anyone working with people who are iGen. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk today, and then in the next episode, part one and part two. So part one is this episode, who is iGen? What do we need to know? And then part two is what do we need to do? Like, how do, we, how do we respond? How do we help shepherd? How do we live with as parents, as employers, as teachers, as neighbors, all that kind of stuff. So let's run right into it. Who's iGen? Yeah, I think over the last century, century or so, we've, we've kind of broken down people into generations. So that's even before them, but baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, which yeah. is known as millennials, and then here today, Gen Z, which is also known as iGen. And so the iGen generation is between 1994 and 2012. Okay. So about 18 years or so. And so that's, interestingly enough, 1994, the origin of the internet with... My friend Al Gore. Always. <laughs> and then the end is 2012. So that means that the first iGen graduated in 2012, and the last will graduate in 2030. So we're huh. around somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah, that's good. And so why iGen? Yeah. I generation, so the iPhone. It's the really it's the first generation to enter adolescence with smartphones already in hand. It's okay. a generation that's been strongly influenced by the internet and by the smartphone, where so much of life is right here in their hand. Right. Now, why does it matter that we should understand them? Like, I mean, of yeah. course it matters, but give us sort of why this is different. Of course. We could have had this conversation 60 years ago if they did podcasting for baby boomers. <laughs> for sure. But we're doing it with iGen. So why does it matter? Yeah. So two major reasons. One big picture, one a little smaller and closer to home. So the big picture is this idea that where iGen goes, the country goes. The majority yeah, of right. college students in immediate incoming workforce are now iGen. Yeah. This means that a, a good amount of, the biz, of businesses will soon be ran and influenced by not millennials and not Gen Xers, but by iGen. Wow. 
And also because I'm over of, the hill. <laughs> <laughs> or, like I, I know it's weird for me. I'm not even the influential ones anymore. So because and also yeah, so no, another reason point. is just because of of their their current age, their preferences are starting to shape the market. A lot of those marketing companies, the businesses are specifically targeting that eight, that very lucrative eighteen to twenty nine uh, year old range. And whether that's the the technology that's coming out, the design that they have, the clothing that's coming out, the movies, whatever, it's targeted not towards us, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. more so targeted towards iGen. Yeah, I got that's you. important. Mm-hmm. It's also important to to understand that where iGen goes, the country goes, because the iGen political preferences will shape the foreseeable future of elections, and their attitudes will dictate laws. Yeah. It's true. Like so much of iGen is coming into that voting age or a good portion of it. And they're beginning to, to get to this place where so much of policy and so much of law and politics in general are starting to be shaped by iGen. And if not right now, certainly over the and next And certainly decade. over, yep. yeah. And also just their, their preferences and attitudes towards uh, marriage hmm. or even when, so when to get married, when to have kids. The, the birth rates, all of those things are starting to really, we're starting to see implications of that already. And we're going to even more down the line of just how that's shaping our culture today and where we're at, that's but good. also their religious beliefs and preferences. What religions are they going to? Is it Christianity? Is it Buddhism? Is it more secular? Like what, what is that specifically? Are they spending their times in churches? Mm-hmm. Are they not? How are they spending that time if they're not? All of this comes because of this big idea that understanding iGen means understanding the future. Sure. Because where iGen goes, the decisions they make and their preferences will dictate where our country goes and what the future will hold. I, understanding iGen matters from a big perspective. Yeah, that's good. But also from a smaller picture. Okay, it, smaller picture. So more personal now. So under, it's, it's understanding our kids so we can help raise them better. Yeah. Because yeah. as we already talked about, preferences tell us a lot about people, like their habits. Mm-hmm. What do they do? What do they, where do they spend their time? Where do they go to? And then also what to expect. Mm-hmm. What kind of decisions can we expect them to make? How long will it take them to do some, certain things? When we hire them into the workforce, what will that look like? Right. Like what can we expect of this generation? But also some strengths and weaknesses, and maybe even some fears, some of the good and bad that often comes with understanding any generation. Because the reality that we have to get to, because we're specifically talking about iGen today, but every generation will have strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and some innate fears that they'll probably just be a part of that generation. And so we don't necessarily need to hold everything against them like we do the millennials. Right. But... <laughs> We do need to take away some, of the, some from this information helpful insights to really understand the generation so we can understand the future better and understand our own kids better because our hope is to raise them well yeah. and in hope so that we can see them give glory to the Lord because that's our goal with our own kids. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're going to do is is uh, lean into two specific things, two specific aspects of iGen as uh, Gene Twenge lays them out for us. But I would like to say, as you're explaining them, what you're going to be explaining is cultural shifts. You're not necessarily saying what should be happening in each home. Yep. 
And so what you are going to be explaining is what is going on in the culture at large, not necessarily what every last single kid is doing. Absolutely. So that's just helpful, even as we were talking about it before going on air. uh, It's just helpful for, for folks listening to hear that. So what's the first one that we want to talk about? The first one is this idea that iGen is in no hurry and that they're growing up slowly. So let me ask you the question. Would you say kids these days are growing up faster or slower than you did? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, And of course, I want to answer it in both ways. But let me say this. I think on one level, it seems to me that our our kids are growing up faster. Like they're they're experiencing more things uh, that we used to wait on or, or, or was for adults, but now kids are doing it like, um, or seeing it like, uh, just the way the culture, you know, what used to only be on television after 11 o'clock is now prime time sort of thing, or what they would never show on television unless you had pay television is now being shown anywhere. Or even like cynicism, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it was, it's an adult thing in the past, but today you got 11 year olds, you know, so cynical. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's supposed to be an age of wonder still, but in one sense they're going up too fast, but is that the right answer? Well, I don't know. And so it's a hard question to answer because there is nuance in it. And exactly, you're exactly right. Because the, the nuance is that first of all, there, there's the experience of our kids. So exactly what you said, it's the cultural norms, how they've shifted, what they're asked to do, what they see day to day the amount of information and images that they see on the internet, the freedom that they have there, uh, the experiences they have so much that absolutely gives us this picture that they're growing up so fast because in that reality that they are. But on the other hand, there's also the actual steps of adulthood that every person must take. Hmm. And it's in those, I would say they're growing up more slowly. They're going slower. So these are the things like the amount of time that kids spend with their parents. As you get older, you you tend to spend less time with mom and dad. But iGen is still spending more time. Yeah. Okay. And so that's also independence. Yeah. Intimate relationships, driving, drinking, or even having a job. These are often steps they're markers or indicators of, of what adulthood often is hmm. and what it means. And so what's really interesting is iGen is experiencing these things. Like the, the rate at which they're experiencing them is drastically changing from the other past generations. Hmm. Like, let me give you some examples really fast. iGen are less likely to go out without their parents than any generation before them. Hmm. iGen are less likely to date and have sex than teens in previous decades. Really? Which is a good reminder that not everything, not all of these markers are bad. Like these are good things, but should influence the way that we understand their integrity or Mm. just some other things. Also that iGen are getting their, this one blew me away. iGen are getting their driver's license significantly later than previous generations. (laughs) That's crazy, right? That is crazy. Like I had my driver's license by second period the day I right. Could. <laughs> I, know, I scheduled my appointment at eight a.m. the day I turned sixteen. I was ready. Yeah, but statistically, it seems that more than one in four iGeners don't have their license by the time they graduate high school. Wow, wow. And then also, iGen are less likely to drink alcohol as teens. It seems nearly undoubtedly that across the board of a, of these adult 
adulthood check markers, mm-hmm. check marks. Mm-hmm. iGen is in no rush to grow up. Hmm. So we have to ask the question, why? Yeah, why? And we'll get into specifics later, but a couple reasons why, I think one specifically is just that of the family structure. And this isn't saying that one's right and one's wrong, and if you're on one side, you're evil, and on the other, you're, you're great. But there's this idea of the life history theory, and that it argues that how fast teens grow up depends on two things, where and when they were raised. Where and when they were raised. Okay. So two major strategies out of the life history theory. There's a slow life strategy. So that's where families have fewer children and cultivate each child longer and more intensely. Okay, yep. So, and then secondly, the fast life strategy, where families are larger and focus more on survival <laughs> rather than quality. Like they're kind of ones who, yeah, right. <laughs> I was more somewhere probably in the middle where we got lots of nourishment, but you know, you'll just figure it out. Oh yeah, my folks didn't know my name till I was seven. <laughs> yeah, no, big family man. You just keep going. And for such a talker too. <laughs> So why this is so interesting now is many families today, specifically a large amount of the I generation are growing up in slow life strategy families. Hmm. And again, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just interesting to start connecting these things that it's a single child is being nurtured a little bit longer and probably more intensely. And they're given much more attention. And often... It can seem that, especially as we stereotype, everything becomes about that one child. Right, right. Which, if we look at these, it often creates children that are that struggle with individualism. Again, this is kind of painting with broad brushstrokes in ways. Right. And so there are tons of single, of just single children families that this is not true of. But there's a, it seems to be largely true of some, at least, that for many Iogen children, that childhood is often made to be all about the child. Mm-hmm. We think of the amount of t- times in our families that are spent going to sporting events or focused around school, which is a good thing, or going to extracurriculars that's spent directly on the family revolving around the child. No wonder individualism happens when that's the model. Right. And so the overall idea to associate being a child as opposed to being an adult, what's kind of this Iogen is that they start associating uh, being a child with less, with, with, with less stress and more fun. So does that make sense that, uh, no, like naturally like there's this idea that comes about that iGen is influenced by wanting to push away from adulthood because that is where responsibility, that's where stress lies. And of course we see that over Twitter, over social media with hashtag adulting, right? Right. Adult, adult is often a verb and it means responsibility. And what we're seeing in iGen is this glorification of childlike things and a demonization of adult-like things. So freedom and fun is good. Responsibility and accountability equals bad and no fun. And so in my opinion, as I've kind of gone through the book, it's a cultural shift of making uh, ease and safety as idols. That's what the goal is. How can, I, how can life be a little bit easy, have less responsibility, and have more safety? We, you can see that in other places in the book. Good. Okay, yeah. so sum up this first one. Yeah, so I guess a quick recap. Uh, in general, family structures for I generation have been more slow life strategy and focus in focusing time and resources on fewer children. Mm-hmm. And this Quality sometimes, work. often, or in, and at times, can foster entitlement and individualism. Uh, but probably even more importantly, there's been a cultural shift to see 
grow to see for, for our iGen to see growing up as bad. So that's the hashtag adulting. That's a desire for less freedom, for less freedom to have less responsibility. And the idea that ease and safety of childhood are better than the than any benefit that an adult mm. could have. Yeah. So you stay kind of stay home as yeah. long as you and can. You, and yeah, and you try right. not to progress as much. Growing up slow. Yeah. That's one thing. And that's really different than when I was growing up. Yeah. The second thing is the internet. Absolutely. Tell us about the second one and, and let's the, that she highlights for iGen. Yep. So I, I think the internet is one of the more important, like most important things that as parents and as employers we need to know about iGen is that they're very largely influenced by it. That iGen started in 1995, around 94, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And that, which happens to be the same, about the same time as the internet. iGen has been a generation that's been unbelievably saturated with technology and has been raised with smartphones in hand. So alongside the internet and with smartphones in hand, And let me give you a couple really quick stats on just how saturated that means. High school seniors spend an average of two and a quarter hours a day texting. Wow. Two hours on the internet, Uh one and a half hours on electronic gaming, and about 30 minutes on electronic chat. That's six hours of what's known as new media. What's interesting is that's five times more time than than a, a, a student their age in 2015 and four times more than a student in 2010. Wow. Consider like four times more than that. Than yeah. in 2010, yeah. Double. Just it's It keeps doubling every mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. That most students spend an average between school, between leisure time and extra correct, um, or, I'm sorry, it's about 17 hours a day on school, sleeping and extracurriculars. The rest of that time, that leisure time seems to be filled with some form of new media. Texting, internet, gaming, TV, video chat. They're saturated. So what, what does this mean for iGen then? It means that, the, the, again, the vast majority of their leisure time and even academic life has moved to online. And naturally, it also means the vast majority of their, of their social life has as well. It's called social media. We know this. And iGen has flocked to different social medias, and they flock to it wholesale whether that's for hanging out, dating, information, news, funny memes, videos, whatever. Yep, yep. Hanging out, parties, and teen society and drama has vastly moved digital, which is important because as parents, we need to understand, and as mentors, and as jobbers, like so much of iGen's social life is no longer at bars, at clubs, at dances, even at school or at other friends' houses. It's digital it's online Mm -hmm. they're not going over for parties or to friends houses they're joining video chats they're playing the video game they're going online even even at work they go home and they game i mean that's just what they do it's just or some of them i mean you know all right what's keep going and so just practically i think there's a big problem that arises that amongst the transition to all things digital iGen is beginning to have some severe problems with insecurity. Hmm. So then the question is why? And I uh, think if when we begin to think about it, it becomes very clear. It's because the internet is forever. Kids need safe oh, spaces true. to learn, yeah. to grow, to try yep. and to fail. And the internet, friends, is everything but that. Mm-hmm. The awkwardness and man, I mean the awkwardness of aging through middle school and high school is forever instilled online. The small disputes that would often just kind of be forgotten 
are remembered and are significantly even louder on social media. The margin of error or of perception, communication, and nuance diminishes drastically online mm -hmm. because yeah. a single comment, a single misstep, you liked the wrong post, it gets messy fast. Yeah, it does. And then also this, that success and value is getting redefined through all, with all of our time spent on social media and on the internet for iGeners. It quickly becomes a, a student or kid's success. How many likes you got on the post? Hmm. How many retweets? Yeah. How yep. many follows? What's your snap streak? All of these little arbitrary numbers stop becoming arbitrary and become ident like identifying markers of how successful you are and how valuable you are in general and maybe to the rest of your friends and society. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all examples of how our students are grappling with their value today. Like we need to think about that. And when you take reality of internet trolls, human depravity and the reality that people often act really mean online. Oh, that's true. More than in person. Yeah. Our iGeners are sitting on an emotional and somewhat existential powder keg <laughs> of their value, wow. self-worth and importance. Wow. It's, I mean, this is important. Like this mm. is what you are sharing, what you're helping me understand. Uh, it's big. Yep. You say powder keg of value, self-worth and importance. That's big stuff. I yeah. mean, so what do we do about it? We'll stop right there. We're going to have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's big. So the next time we're going to, you're going to help us with uh, what are some things we can do about it as parents or teachers, as neighbors, as employers, what does this mean and, and how do we lean into it? Ben, thanks for reading this. Thank you for doing the hard work on our behalf. Absolutely. When you talk about powder keg of value, self-worth, and importance, I mean, this is important. Mm. All right, so two markers of iGen, they're in no hurry to grow up, and they're marked by the internet and the smartphone. So what do we do about all this? Well, that's where we come back for part two. You don't have to answer that <laughs> right now. So come back for part two where we see what do we need to do as parents, as teachers, as employers, as neighbors, how we can watch God at work in this generation that he loves so much, just like all of our generations. Ben, thank you for doing the hard work of reading this and distilling it for us. Absolutely. And if you like this, share it with a friend. You know people that could be helped by it and come back Listen to part two and grow even more. Thanks for joining us on Encounter Grace. We'll see you next time. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit